You're tuning into Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Everybody stand back. What's that supposed to be? This is a spoiler that I just armed. That's a rock. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And you just made a clicking sound with your mouth. Thank you, Han Solo, for the spoiler warning. And Lady Proxima, just a reminder, this is your adult content and spoiler warning. I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm gonna be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. It is a lawless time. Crime syndicates compete for resources, food, medicine, and hyperfuel. On the shipbuilding planet of Corellia, the foul Lady Proxima forces runaways into a life of crime in exchange for shelter and protection. On these mean streets, a young man fights for survival, but yearns to fly among the stars. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back, everyone. And if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome to Spectre Radio. And now we'll move over to Alyssa for our segment of Access the Archives. Okay, so I feel like I have a lot of content for Access the Archives today. Um, A lot about behind the scenes between cameos, actors, directors. I definitely went more Hollywood with my access to the archives. So I'm sure at some point, Andrew will throw in some Star Wars trivia nuggets into our archives as well. Um, But I wanted to start with some of the acting choices or actor choices rather, because there were so many familiar faces um, from Hollywood, from the Hunger Games, from, you know, Vision, from uh, WandaVision now, right? And Marvel. so that was the first one I wanted to talk about. I put, bro, Dryden Voss is Vision. And then I completely forgot that, you know, that was the case. I think because um, I had never seen him not in the red makeup, it wasn't um, as recognizable at first. So I thought that was uh, kind of funny. But my first fun fact about Dryden Voss, so obviously Paul Bettany plays Vision and Dryden Voss. Um, in this movie solo, Um, he messed up on his first take because he hugged Chewbacca. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's the best mess up I've ever heard. I know that I feel like that's like the most forgivable thing that could happen. That's acceptable for sure. Um, Like (laughs) if any of us, you know, were in that same scenario, I would probably 
ruin my first take, you know, just to get out from Chewbacca. So I thought that was cool. And also Paul Bettany is like super tall. This man is like living large. I don't know how tall he is exactly, but um, when you see him next to, you know, Wanda, you know, on WandaVision, uh, you can definitely tell this man is very tall. Um, so my next, um, point here is about Phoebe Waller-Bridge who played L3, um, who I did not know. I, you know, that she was the voice actress. So I looked that up. She actually had two stunt doubles for her role as L3. Um, they couldn't find a single stunt person to actually match her exact dimensions. So she had one stunt woman for the top half of L3 and the other was the bottom half. Um, so they is had to do exceptionally shots. tall. How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. I guess like they just couldn't find somebody who had her exact dimension. So basically she goes on to say in this interview that they had shots of L3's legs with one person, and then they had to do it the same take again with the person that fit the top. So maybe it's just because also like the droid is just, um, top small and like long legs, like kind of how you're alluding. So I thought that was like a cool fun fact. Like she she couldn't have just one stunt double. She had two because of how, how tall she is, I guess. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of tall people in this movie. Um, this is probably something that you guys know, but the character Rio Durant, um, we got a cameo from John Favreau. So our our like distant cousin of Babu Frick, this monkey looking guy, <laughs> <laughs> um, was Obviously, John Favreau is the voice. Um, this was his second cameo, and we obviously talked about the first one when he was pre Vizsla in six episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Um, and I have to like admit that I made a mistake because on one of our previous pods, I talked about, um, you know, you'll never have the better sleep than in the lap of a Wookiee, and I had said that Maz Kanata said that I was wrong. That was actually in this film. I noticed and, that rewatching. Um, that I, Rio I Durant going, said it. I was like, I wonder if she's going to notice because right. I'm I definitely totally not bringing noticed. this up. I totally noticed. Also, is it me or does this crew literally look like the Guardians oh of the God, Galaxy crew? So a little bit. True. A little bit. So true. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, Han did talk about, or excuse me, Maz did talk about Chewie. I just got the quotes confused. She says, Han Solo, where's mm-hmm. my boyfriend? <laughs> So she did talk about him, but not about sleeping in his arm. I love yes, me that Wookiee. Exactly. So <laughs> I got a little confused. Sorry about that, guys. I'm sure a lot of people were just like yelling at the pod that day, going like, she's so stupid. She knows nothing about Star Wars. So I, I stand corrected of myself. Um, two other quick access the archives facts. Over 600 creatures and 1,000 costumes were made for this movie and 999 of them were Lando's capes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but at just least 30. Put them. Um, no, my God, when I saw that closet again, I was like, this man, he is too much. But yeah, I thought that was really cool that this was the first time, you know, obviously before The Mandalorian that we really got to dive pretty deep into just like the Star Wars lore and seeing all the costumes and all the different characters and creatures and um, it was very interesting. So I thought that was a really cool fact to put a number to it and quantify it. 600 creatures. Pretty neat. Now, Andrew, was there anything that you were happy seeing that came alive from the comics or the books that in this in um, solo? Um, obviously, it was nice to see um, Darth Maul at the end. How he because mm-hmm. like 
Crimson Dawn was a, a new, uh, to my, as far as I know, it was a new invention for um, Clone Wars and Rebels as part of his little crime syndicate. So it was nice to see that he was still pulling the strings. And I don't know if you noticed in that final season of Rebels, but you can see Dryden Voss in a, in a hollow transmission when oh. Ahsoka is oh. on the Pike's planet. And Maul's like, I'm certain that Crimson Dawn would love to pick up your spice shipment, you know, so, and he's there. So it was kind of nice to see it uh, interact a little bit. Um, what I did like to see, uh, I'm going to, I hope Alyssa doesn't already have this one, but I had an actor um, that I uh, for access the archives, Warwick Davis, who played Wicked yes! the Ewok. Do you have I that saw down? him. No, I didn't. So but I did notice he, him at the towards the end with the pirates. Yeah, yeah he was in Emphis Nest. He was the original Ewok in Return of the Jedi. You know, he was a yes. kid back then. <laughs> he was also in the Phantom Menace at the Pod Race. Uh, he yep. sat next to Watto. He was in the audience, right? He is the same character who it, he plays the same character. He's now a freedom fighter. And what? I don't know if you noticed one of the aliens that was with them was also one of Saw Guerrero's guys. Yeah, and in the Phantom Menace, the, he yeah. also played the little Greedo-like kid. I don't okay. know if you knew oh, that. One of his I buddies on Tatooine. That. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the one that, yeah. Ooh, Annie, whatever he talks like that, yeah. Oh my God, the Annie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, had to, I had to mix Jar Jar and Stitch there. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was a good improv. Um, that was a great one, Andrew. Like I said, you were always coming in with the Star Wars trivia. The last one I had was about uh, the director. So at the very end, it says a Ron Howard film. And I was like, oh my God, because I love Ron Howard's movies. Um, so obviously most of you guys probably know that Ron Howard's films are very popular, like Apollo 13, The Da Vinci Code, and my personal favorite Christmas movie, The Grinch. I don't know if you knew that was a, a Ron Howard film. Oh, no, I did not know that. Um, That's awesome. I did you also know that the Howard family is like somewhat of a crime syndicate themselves in Hollywood? Not a crime syndicate, but they're like uh, very, very ingrained in Hollywood. So, um, excuse me. Um, Ron's younger brother, Clint, actually played Mayor Mayhew's assistant, Hubris. His name's Hubris in the, the Grinch film. Um, every time I see him in character, I feel like he looks more like Ron than himself. Um, so I always like forget that it was his brother. But, um, you know, we, we love a good family affair with Brian just being on. So there you go. Another younger brother connection. And then you guys may or may not know this. Do you know who Ron Howard's daughter is? I feel like I want to know when you, you tell me. You guys don't know this? Okay, so his daughter is Bryce Dallas Howard, who is the director oh, of The Mandalorian. Yeah, she directs yes. Mandalorian episodes. She, she directed she's so in Jurassic World, exactly. too. Exactly. She's in Jurassic World. She was also in... Um, she was Victoria, the original Victoria in the Twilight movies. She was the original they... um, Gwen Stacy in the original Spider-Man trilogy in the third one. Wow. What? I don't yes. remember that. Well, because that that trilogy kind of focused on Mary Jane. So Snap. if you remember. I would pay to watch that. If, if you awesome. saw a blonde woman in the third movie, that was, that was her. Um, wow. I okay. personally think she looks much better as a redhead. I do um, it, it suits her. I mean, she pulls and, off and the blonde just And her fine. dad is a redhead, so it, it works. But yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And then um, kind of back to um, Ron Howard really quick. So I don't know if Andrew probably knew this, but the original directors of this movie was were Phil Lord and Chris Miller. 
and they right. actually left the project no, like pretty close near to the end. Yes. And Ron Howard actually came in to finish the movie. So I, I thought forgot that about was that, but yeah. Really interesting that um he came in and just kind of neat to see that like um father-daughter Star Wars connection there. And so I thought that was pretty From neat. what I heard, it was more of a persuasive like like you like we need to find somebody else because this isn't working kind of i also thing. heard that um he kind of made it funnier than it actually was I which some that. people some people <laughs> liked some people didn't like but i don't think yeah. that changed the overall quality of the movie all that much so it's not like you could say oh you know he he screwed it up or he saved the movie and yeah. say he either added or uh, di- you know detracted a little like people are just so dramatic especially and then they also Wars. had to get an, an acting coach for the the guy that played han halfway through because he wasn't um, holding up to to their standards yeah, I would. Well, agree he was that. supposed to be a young Harrison Ford. That is, which quite is a impossible large role to pull yes. off. Of course, of course, we'll we'll definitely talk about that probably when we get to our our nit nitpicks, picking nits. <laughs> Anytime you hear stormtroopers talking in a non-important part, um, they did it again for this movie. So, like in A New Hope, when Obi Wan has to like um, disable the tractor beam and he sneaks past those two stormtroopers, they're just having their conversation. Oh, you check out those new T-16s. In Rogue One, uh, they're talking before two guys get knocked out. Oh, you hear the uh, T-15s are getting phased out? Yeah, I think the the T-16. Mm-hmm. So they said it in this one um, when Han was trying to catch up to uh, to uh, the, bo- the bounty hunter crew. And they're just like, yeah, the, the T-15s, they're, they're doing okay. So that's the only thing <laughs> oh that I noticed. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's so funny. every single time. It's like, again, it's the most minor thing. But that's it's just hilarious. Nice. It's, it's like a military that. thing. They're talking about like car- like a cargo or a ship that's just – Right. It makes it more realistic. So I've never noticed funny. that. That is great. Thanks for sharing that one. That's a fun Such one. an eagle-eye watcher over here, Andrew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for sure. Well, so for this pod, obviously with Solo, it came out not that long ago. So we did 2018. Yeah, yeah, 2018, and Three we're recording ago. this in, in 2021, early 2021. So we didn't want to do comparing when it came out versus now, um, what we remember versus what we don't, since it's it's pretty recent for, for us. So instead, we're going to switch up this category and talk about our most memorable moments from this movie. So what what were like your top one or two? memorable moments i'll go top two um my absolute favorite is probably probably the the train heist scene closer to the beginning where they're trying to hijack the um coaxium yeah that whole sequence in action and cg and just to see like how dysfunctional this team is and not following orders and sticking to the original plan and not improvising yeah, talk about <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my, that's all. That, that's all I was thinking about was Rocket right. flying the ship. That's all right. I was thinking. Exactly. <laughs> um, that was pretty cool. I mean, we, we did they we did lose two two members of the team during this, so it wasn't yeah. a very successful heist. But nevertheless, it's probably one of the most rewatchable or binge worthy scenes for me. And secondly, is probably the um, the Lando um introduction where yes he's playing uh sabak yes. which 
I want to play. <laughs> yes, they wanna... sell it at Disney World. We should buy it and play it. But I don't think no one knows how to actually play it. Uh, my friend Greg does. So I shout don't out to actually you again, know Greg. how to how to play it. So good he job, owns Greg. it and he plays it. So. I know a few things about it. One of the episodes for Star Wars Rebels is named after a hand in uh, in that game, uh, Idiots what? Array. It's in the first season. <laughs> I think it's the one with Lando, actually. Um, that would so instead so of like sense. having a royal flush, it's like, oh, Idiots oh, Array or Full so Sabacc, you know. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that. We yeah. need to play um, that instead of uh, Settlers of um, Catan. Catan. Next time. <laughs> Catan, yeah, Catan. Well, after uh, this pandemic is over, we'll have a party and Greg will teach us how to play. I'm already go. volunteering him. Thank you, he, Greg. He will totally do it. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Um, I can go next. So my favorite moments, my most memorable moments um, so the first one, and again, this is like kind of a, a one that we're probably going to be like, oh, we don't all want to say this one, but I had to go with the castle run. Um, that whole sequence was just so good. Like sure. you, you already know what's going to happen, obviously, because if you've seen the other movies, like, you know, you know, Han Solo is known for making the castle run in 12 car sex. So it's you not already necessarily know what happens. It's how it, happens. right. That's it's how awesome. it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they still do a really good job you know even throughout the film of keeping you on the edge of your seat because you know that Chewie and Han aren't gonna die because they're in all these other movies um but they're you know put in danger more times than I could count you know uh, that I would be comfortable with so um they do a good job of still kind of keeping you on the hook even though is there a number of times you could be put in danger that you would be comfortable with (laughs) oh okay Uh, just just for clarification maybe maybe. like two or three is okay but like six or seven's getting a little much is that how that works for you depends (laughs) on what kind of danger i mean i am a gryffindor i can i can handle it but um but yeah i think it was really funny to hear the famous star wars line inverted where it's normally i have a bad feeling about this and this movie was the only one that didn't say it and he says i have a really good feeling about this so that was cool the monster the maelstrom kind of the same thing why it was saying with the cgi was so great we got the first punch it we got the lando han exchange which was the inverse of han and leia of the i hate you i know i love you i know um there was just so much symmetry mirroring whatever like, we want to call um, it yeah in like empire strikes back when he's like you got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled and then he like pretends yes. to go to punch him but it was han this time who went to pretend to go to punch him yes exactly that was cool. like there was a lot of that so i loved that scene um just for you know the the notoriety of it the novelty of it if you will and then kind of similar to you, Wyatt, my number two rewatchable was the round two of Sabak. So when Han oh, gets his revenge yeah. and Lando's there, going ding, 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 trying to get that secret card out of his sleeve to, to win. And um, I just think it's so funny, like very early on in their relationship, um, Han tells him, you know, my name is Han and he keeps calling him Han the entire mm-hmm. movie. He's like, Han. Han, hey Han, hey Han, and it's just like something even when you would they're do. on the battle on the on the yes! um, on the spice mines, he's calling exactly. him Han. Exactly. I mean, and he still like, calls him Han when it's Billy D. Williams. So <laughs> fair, fair, but it's like something you would do to like an asshole coworker, where you're like, I know that your name is you know Christy, but I'm gonna call you Kirsty or whatever. That's a not a real life example. I don't know anybody named those things. Kristen or Kirsten. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's Kristen. <laughs> anybody know that? Where that's from? Uh, nope. that's a keen, keen field kind of thing but anyway but
but yeah, so um, I just thought that was really funny and just a great moment to see. You already know that Han is going to get the Millennium Falcon, but again, you don't know how. So to see him come back and, and win her, especially um, seeing the significance and, and how much weight that probably held for Lando now that L3 became a part of the ship. And, you know, there's a whole complicated love story situation there. That probably was uh, a way bigger blow to his ego than anything else. But Oh, probably, those. for sure. My two, obviously, my first one, not to copy Alyssa, my first one is the, the entire Kessel thing. I liked it from start to finish. Um, I even liked how they did it. Like, obviously, people have been complaining about the uh, the idea of doing the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs because a parsec is, as they say in the Family Guy Star Wars, isn't a uh, parsec a unit of distance, not time? Yeah. And uh, so people time. people have been, you know, be wording about that since 1977. Um, so it's it's nice how they kind of did it like that. I still saw reviews where people just like, it was a nice way how they tried to do that. I'm like, I don't know if that was trying. I think you're just still a little bitter, but it's okay. Um, I liked I liked that entire thing. I, I thought it was, you know, there was a lot of action. It was funny. And as much as I did like the the train scene, that only makes it to number three for me. The uh, the mm. number two for me is um, pretty much any part they're on his yacht, especially when she's Ooh. like, especially when she's like, "What should we drink to?" And he's like, "Well, let's drink too and uh, see where it goes." <laughs> I was like, "That's a damn good flirt." So <laughs> I may use that one day. So I may many. use that one day. So, um, yeah, there, I I don't super love this movie, but there weren't a lot of scenes that I strongly disliked either. Yeah. I only liked this movie as much as I liked it. So there weren't like, <laughs> like that was a crap scene. That was a crap scene. It was right. like all like these were okay with some good scenes. And in, in my opinion, I thought it was a good movie, just not anywhere near my favorite. So um, let's transition into the, uh, into the what ifs. And uh, my what if, what if like they had succeeded in, you know, stealing the coaxium and they didn't have to screw over a Dryden would Han have used his share to free Kira from her her servitude mm. from him? Would he have would it um would he have done wow, that? That's and a good one. Would would Dryden have let her and would she have chosen to go? Because mm. I was I was fooled. I was bamboozled at the end when she's like, I'm right behind you. Now <laughs> people who know me are just like, oh, Andrew got you know lied to by a girl again and he didn't see it coming. Yes. <laughs> Nobody who knows me is surprised that I was bamboozled, okay? Oh but God. she's like, I'll be right behind you. And then when she goes and passes all the, ju the jewels, I'm like, what is she doing? Oh, she's probably grabbing a bucket to like put it all in because that's a lot to put in your pockets because girls don't have a lot of pockets. That's and then exactly that's not what happened. <laughs> so my, that's my what if. Would he have spent the money? Would Dryden have said yes? And would she have gone? Go. Well, here's <laughs> a question to your question. Um, would that have been enough money? To free her, you think that share? Because what it was a 75% cut for what three people? Chewie, Han, and Beckett, right? Who else was left? Yeah, was there the, anybody else? Oh, they gotta La give Lando well, they 25%. Gave, right. But 75% to those three people, they they each get 25%. And it was right? about 60 million credits of coaxium. So let's just say there was Han's cut was 15 million. Do you think I, that would be enough or do you I think Dryden know. would be more, um, you know, greedy? 
maybe Han could have used that as a down payment and is like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. if I continue working for you on an independent contractor basis yeah. <laughs> and I give you, you know, a, you know, and cut I go to Tatooine pro- and give, get all this work and I give you an extra cut of the profits. Can we just call that square? So yeah, if, if that something like or, that, um, yeah. I wonder if Chewie would consolidate his funds because obviously we see that they forge a really strong bond, very strong friendship throughout this movie. Um, I actually read so. that he sends most of the most of his shares back home Aww. to his family. Oh, so I thought yeah. that was really nice. But because he had that moment where he could choose to go with them, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna go with Han." They were so cute. Okay, but, so in yeah, in a perfect a world, question. if if you know, like you said, you know, maybe he, he would have said yes. Maybe Dryden would have said yes. Do you? Th- the bigger question is, do you think Kira would have gone, or is she yeah. too power hungry? Because she could have gone at the end. She could have just dropped it and walked away. Yeah, that's she a could great have even, question. She could have even faked her death, to be quite honest. She could have gone, but she's still under Maul's watch. He, she could have faked her death, to be quite honest. She could have blown up the ship. And, I mean, there's only so many, like, what's it called? Um, there's only so many genes in the gene pool. So if somebody's like, oh, you look like Kira. Uh, okay. <laughs> There's, like, trillions of humans. Like, Who's that? Uh, someone's <laughs> bound to look like you. So unless Maul is out and about and ha- and he doesn't travel travel out in public that much. He goes from his base to base, but he doesn't go anywhere he doesn't have to. And, and this a- is in the timeline after he is cut in half, isn't it? When he's now got mechanical legs or am I oh, not yeah, following sure. this he's, correctly? He's back, okay. he's back to normal legs. This is right. supposed oh, to take right, place right. like eight, eight or ten years after episode three. So we're still nine years before a new hope which is you know right still right four or five but i'm just saying because obviously we're going in chronological order and we covered yeah. clones so i'm assuming yeah thank you for reminding me why mm-hmm. that's correct um yeah that's a great question i think kind of to your point like she had a lot of options and she's a smart smart person she's a smart cookie for um, sure. she is so clever and um i mean there were times where uh, the situations, you know, obviously like with the gate, you know, that whole thing, that situation got the better of her and, you know, that whole puzzle she couldn't outsmart. But I think there were a lot of other um, opportunities that presented themselves that um, she was aware of and she knew. And and to your point, she didn't take advantage of them because um, for whatever reason, whatever her motivation was, um, whether that was money or status or, you know, fear, it could have been a lot of things. Um, she chose to, you know, stay and maybe she wanted power, quite frankly. That was kind of my thought was, um, did she take over now that Dryden was gone and, you know, he's dead and she's like, oops, sorry, he, he was killed. It wasn't me. She, you know, she pointed the fingers out somebody else. Um, I would, I would answer your question with that. She would probably still stay because I think she really wanted that power as much as she really, you know, had affection for Han. Um, it was very clear, like he was the one still pining for her three years later and she had moved on with her life. And it wasn't because she wasn't looking to find him and she wasn't concerned about it. It's just like, she didn't think about it at all. Um, she didn't think about it at all. So. Yeah. I, I think no amount of money could have paid off her debt to, yeah. to Dryden Voss. I really I thought even if they would have given him an entire Imperial cruiser, I don't think it would have been enough because she is that valuable to him. That's right. true. That's true. He trusted her uh, implicitly. I mean, to basically keep an eye on that entire mission that was going to make him a lot of money. I know that's a 
very well thought out question, Andrew. Yeah, Dang. that was so good. I, I feel like our questions are nothing compared to that one now. <laughs> well, mine's kind of similar to Andrew's. Um, so I can go next. Yeah, um, go. So mine was kind of back to that train scene that you were talking about, Wyatt, that you like so much. Um, so my what if was, what if Val didn't die on the bridge with the train scene? Because, you know, obviously she had the detonator and she blew up the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that if she would have survived, if um, do you think she could have convinced Beckett not to double cross Han? Or do you think she would have stayed allied to Beckett and, and done that too? I think she's tried and true to Beckett. I think whatever Beckett would have said to do is like a yes, sir. Yes, Captain. That's kind of. Well, and obviously doing. there was like a little more something going yeah, on there because he was very romance. upset when she died. Right. So do you think like, you know, that relationship component has any influence where, you know, she might see what Han is, is kind of saying, like, this is our way out. Like, we don't have to run, whatever. It's also um, the right thing to do to help these people kind well, of thing. Well, sure. And like, um, you know, like if she's that selfless of a person to sacrifice herself so that they can accomplish the mission, I would like to think she's more akin to the light side and, and the good. Um, and she didn't like even like Han that, that much at all. Right, right. And kind of like that whole struggle with Han where, um, you know, he, um, he was he was saying like, um, I'm not a good person. And, and, and Kira was like, no, you're like the best person I know. Like, shut up. Like, it's like when Andrew says, I'm not a good person. And meanwhile, they're like, shut up. Um, so, as he rolls his eyes. As he rolls and his eyes. But, dramatically. It's like literally happened. But yeah. So what do you, what do you guys think about that? I, I don't know. That is a, that is a, a tough one. Cause I think she's a better person than Beckett. For sure. And I, I love Beckett as a character, by the way especially that that thing about him killing Aura Singh was pretty cool. Um, but I think she's a better person than him, but she likes him a crap ton better than he, she likes Han. And she was very against having amateurs there. Um, but fair, I mean, I feel, I feel like she, she liked him a little bit more when she kind of like knew what his motivation was. Yeah. So he wasn't going to half-ass a job because then it would sacrifice him getting back to Corellia and getting exactly. Kira. Yeah. So by the I, way, yeah. when they, when they said Aura Singh, I was like, Oh my God, I completely forgot about that. And I was like, I know who she is now. <laughs> they did not. I, I feel like they underused her. They in just Clone glossed Wars, over By it. the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Clone Wars, they underused her because she like in legends, she was a Jedi Padawan who left. So she is known as a Jedi killer in legends. Mm. So like the fact that it's just like, Oh, Padme is going to pull out a stunner and stunner. And that's going to be that. And we're just like, well, okay. <laughs> so, but that was pretty cool. Oh, I didn't kill her. I'm pretty sure the fall killed her. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm keeping true to what I said. I think that she would have done whatever Beckett yeah. told her to do. Because she's loyal to him as a partner in crime and as a potential partner too. She might have given him crap later, but she would yeah, in the she moment given follow him a, orders. Yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. saying it's like a Bonnie and Clyde situation. Yeah, like they're they're both either in it together or they're not in it together. Yeah, kind of. yeah, that's fair. You know, that's a good take. I feel like the, you know, part of me feels like the, her only way out of that crew was kind of what she did. Yeah, that's so sad. <laughs> I know it's it's so sad and it's it's a great sacrifice, but what came out of it? They lost the payload. 
they lost Rio. Sad, sad, but much, much, much needed ending because I don't think the whole castle run would have happened if she was still around. Yeah, probably not. So, um, my what if? So, question sort of with the what if? So the Marauders, the the children uh, who are yeah. <laughs> these children who are, you know, flying around on these Mandalorian type these Neverland kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> These guys aren't controlled by any of these other larger powers. They're kind of more roguish nations. They're right? they're more like the the foundations of the the early um, clans of the Rebel Alliance is what they are. Okay. They just they just don't have the like self control of some of people like Mon Mothma or like the mainstream rebels or even like the Spectres. But they're not quite as violent as Saw Gerrera either like okay so but they're like somewhere in the middle so they're, they're like as i said one of the aliens eventually works for saw Gerrera. so that's how you know like they're already intertwined with the rebel lines that's what their purpose is got it because my, my but, question yeah. now is kind of defunct because my question was going to be what if maul was one of the marauders that never took his his Ooh. helmet off and Ooh. kind of was watching from the front row versus yeah. through the eyes of kira uh well he was pretty pissed off that they lost the shipment of coaxium and that um that what's it that dryden voss died so the fact that like I, i'm not trying to shoot down your theory it's not a bad theory at all but the fact that he would be one of the people who's potentially making that happen because not only did they lose the first shipment which was emphasis nest fault they lost the second shipment which right. emphasis nest had pleaded so Either he's a lot more okay with losing a lot of money and like interrupting the flow of things that he set in motion that we know about, or, or no. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he could be, but I'm pretty sure somebody would have noticed that he wasn't from a world ravaged by <laughs> either the Empire or the five crime syndicates. Or watching someone mysteriously use like force choking out of nowhere and everyone's looking around like, where's that coming from? Well, He's it could have been like the person who takes betrayal well. So the fact that they were considering betraying him before going Kenobi! to Kenobi, Kenobi. Yeah. Sometimes I just watch that YouTube video of Sam Witwer going Kenobi, Kenobi. I'm just like I needed this today. Oh my gosh! Gosh. So yeah. Well, it's not. It wasn't like the Mandalorians, you know, and that. Um, what do we call it? religious zealot cult situation where they're Dang, like we can't yeah. take off our helmets oh, like the she children of the watch or whatever yeah thank you she takes off her helmet you know the leader of the of the marauders several times um obviously like as a reveal which was dope by mm -hmm. the way and the music was like perfect but um yeah i think um that's an interesting point because it was like a quadruple um like screw over situation like it wasn't just like a double agent it was like oh yeah well we did this and it was like oh yeah well why put the blaster in the lid oh yeah well the coaxium's not actually here oh yeah the coaxium's there like it was like the end of 21 jump street where they had like oh the older God. 21 jump street guys there and it was just like that kid they kept switching back and forth with the reveals science right um, yeah oh my god yeah exactly so i think um you know in the timeline of things obviously if he was in a hologram he probably had more important projects that he was actually needed in person to oversee 
and maybe he was still in hiding or whatever at that you know moment in time where like he didn't want to be out where you know all these people were right for crimson dawn but or just next to palpatine and doing whatever he wanted but um yeah that's a really interesting thought but i think you know she uh she wouldn't have uh or that he would have taken off his helmet like she did right so like he wouldn't necessarily be safe in hiding in that group behind a helmet because it wasn't like you know death watch or whatever right (laughs) right right well well, that's just like this movie like i really liked so it was hard to pick a what if because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening you know we can pick obvious questions like what if han never met chewy and what if he never did the castle run? And what if Chewie ate Han? Like, what if Chewie ate Han? <laughs> Those stormtroopers would have been real happy. Kill him slower. Yeah, he ripped somebody's <laughs> arms off. I was like, oh, and I don't that was the uniform that was going to fit me better. But right. okay, <laughs> awesome. Now we're going to transition into our personal best and worst scenes from this movie. Everybody loves to pick on this movie because of the director changes and the. Um, acting coaches, co- coaches that had to come in halfway through. Um, so my my personal best is honestly the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, and let me put that in parentheses. I only really like the movie if this was a standalone movie. Like if we knew nothing about Star Wars and nothing else, and we're kind of just dumped into this this movie right away. It's a fantastic watch because it leaves us with more questions than answers, which I personally like. That being said, comparing it to, you know, like a Rogue One or Phantom Menace or any of the other movies that we thoroughly like, it's a very good watch. It's a very good watch. There's not really a dull moment, you know. It is a long movie. We all kind of texted throughout this week when um when, when we were watching it we we're like i just paused it there's literally an hour to go yeah. at least there's no politics in this movie <laughs> oh my yeah God. yeah yeah it's just correct there's no there's no politics in this movie um my personal worst and i hate to say this because i love her as an actress but amelia clark what so okay. i'm taking my headphones out i can't listen to this bye-bye so <laughs> she came off a fantastic Stin off Game of Thrones as Daenerys Targaryen. You know, as much as everyone hated the last season, she was a phenomenal actress Amen, from, the, sister. from the start to the end. Preach. And then she's given this role. She did it very well. I am not a fan about how she crossed Han at the very end. It was that, too much like Daenerys for you. That's what it was. Sort of. So when he's I, like, I didn't need that two <laughs> times in a row. So the the night I watched this movie, I went to the movie theater back when we could go to movie theaters. And yes. uh, what a time. Yeah, what a what a time. All right, all right, grandma, let's get you to bed. Movies back in, in person. <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> um you know, back when I saw this in 2018 when it came out, you know, I left the theaters like I was more angry. Uh, her character that she double crossed Han. And I think you texted me about it because I don't think we saw this one together. We've seen a few together, but I don't think we saw this one together. No, and so I, I made a meme, and it's like um, everyone knows in Game of Thrones that Daenerys has the longest title ever. You know, she kind of named all of her accomplishments, titles, titles, and I'm like, titles. titles, 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 titles. I'm like Daenerys Targaryen, mother of dragons, 
breaker of trains, betrayer of Han Solo. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. Oh to me, God. it's she did such a good job in Game of Thrones. It was hard to separate her and put her in, in a Star Wars movie. I think that's why she didn't have blonde hair. I'm kidding. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that's why she was a brunette. Yeah, true. I mean, she did have white hair in Game of Thrones, technically. Yeah. This is true. This is right. That's um, right. But either way, it was for me, it's hard to separate her, just like it's hard for me to separate um, Rosario Dawson from Ahsoka because I've she, she's in Brent, she's in Jane the Virgin, yes. she's in a whole bunch yes. of other She's in Daredevil, stuff. all right. of those shows, which she's right. phenomenal in. Right. I mean, a little easier for her since she has like a painted face versus Kira's. Well, her her voice is also, uh, I don't want to say it's it's not the most unique voice on the planet, but it is pretty unique. It's notable. Yeah. It's recognizable. You could be, your eyes are closed. You're like, ah, that's Rosario Dawson. Right, right, right. Which Which I'll get get to my beefs with her when we get to season two of Mandalorian. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, oh, boy. Stay tuned. Oh, my gosh. So. Coming soon. Coming, coming soon. So that's mine. I don't want to bore you with all of my absolute worst, but I feel like I kind of dug myself a grave with saying I didn't like Amelia Clark's uh, character in this. And we just lost listeners. I know. Yeah, for sure. I know, I know Alyssa's throwing, throwing daggers through the Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, she did a phenomenal job with this role. I thought it was great. I thought she played it really well, and you couldn't really see um where her character was heading you know that twist that's why you were so upset about it because you know it wasn't uh, the acting i bought it completely i was so upset yeah. with it but yeah because i bought it right i bought right. her as a good guy as wanted to turn around but nope she's working from mall <laughs> can't blame her can't blame her like i said the power she was she wanted the power she wanted the throne. she's like huh i'm suddenly power. rich <laughs> unlimited power Um, so I think for me, one of the things that I wrote down that I thought of was this is the first Star Wars movie to me, in my opinion, that actually looks like and resembled a war movie because we actually get those battle scenes in the trenches and it's not just ships blasting each other or lightsaber fights, which again, super cool. I'm a fan of all of those things. We love those things. That's those are classic Star Wars things. But this was the first Star Wars movie that really felt like a war. It, it made was very me World War of, One for sure. Yeah, it made me think of like Fury or because um, I just watched that like twice with my dad. I just bought it. I need to watch it. It's it's pretty good. Very sad, but good. Um, Fury and um, nineteen fifteen. That one just for nineteen seventeen. Thank you. Yeah, nineteen seventeen with another Game of Thrones actor um in there uh so good right so it reminded me of those movies um where you get like the dirt and the mud and the blood and the armor and the explosions it was way more combat and strategy versus just like people trying to kill each other it was it was a lot of chaos in that um scene on mimban with all the mud and the explosions which is more like what a war is like yeah as much as i liked rogue one and the battle scenes like and while they were on the island on the planet like that scarif. that was that was yeah scarif like that was a great yeah. battle scene but it wasn't an all-out war it was just like yeah. a battle like on mimban there was explosions everywhere you're like holy yeah. crap there is every in- instinct that like you're going to die yeah so absolutely. i i agree with now, you who are they fighting on that planet the the, the local population the mimbanese oh which is so they've the empire for all intents and purposes have been on that planet since the beginning of the clone war 
So first they were fighting separatists off the planet is my understanding because the separatists were invading it and in, in during the clone war and then they never left they became the empire uh, and they've yeah. since been fighting so when han's like uh this is their planet we're, we're the invaders yeah yeah they are mm. you've got you've got a problem with that trooper uh kind of <laughs> Um, my other thoughts were kind of in, you know, obviously we're watching this in sequence, at, you know, in the timeline of things, um, thinking about, you know, we just watched episode three and seeing, you know, Darth Vader's character, um, you know, come to life. I was thinking about how we got to see, uh, you know, obviously Anakin be named Darth Vader. So I thought that was cool just in this movie right after to see how Han Solo got his name. Um, that he's at the gate and he's like, who are your people? And he's like, I don't have any people. And he's like, hmm, Han Solo. Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. And then kind of the same thing with um, the reveal of the Marauders. You know, obviously it was like that dope, very tribal, very cool music. And the, you know, Marauders all had those masks on that would, had the voice manipulators, which made me think of Vader against. And then, you know, she takes it off and she's this little girl. Um, she fought cute... really well for like a yeah oh yeah for sure well and obviously like she was raised doing that because she you yeah, know she but... points to the elders in the tribe and all of that too but i thought that was just really interesting like same thing with you know anakin he's just a kid he's just you know he's 20 something and he's in a mask um so i thought that was cool um how about we get to see han shoot first for the first time i noticed that that was their way of saying did you yeah, notice that definitely too han shot first right yeah, fall back he just killed Beckett on the spot. I was like, oh my God, he killed, him. he shot him first. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, I've said it a few times, the music, I think the music, you know, in every Star Wars film is so important um, to the storyline and making it as emotional or dramatic as it is. But I think anytime they showed the dice, they like brought up that Star Wars music and I started to get like, oh, like I feel it a little bit. Cause obviously we don't have Han Solo anymore. Um, and the Falcons in half the movie, so we get that wonderful roar of the engines. Yes, which is oh, great. So yep. great. And then when they're in the speeder, you know, and they go sideways, da 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 they get the little overture in there. And I was like, yes, like that was so great. That's we really get a cool. cantina song, um, all of that. The last thing I had was, um, you know, at some point when all the chaos starts happening, when they're trying to, you know, get the coaxium and get the heck out of there, um, L3 and like all of the droids and everybody basically starts freeing all the slaves, um, which I was like, is this maybe like a little shout out to another Harrison Ford film? Obviously Harrison Ford's not in this movie, but um, do you guys know which one I'm kind of alluding to? Could you guess? The second Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, exactly. Temple yeah. of Doom. Temple when of he Doom. lets all the, the slaves free. So I thought that was like, oh, like I kind of noticed that. Short round. Um, Short yeah. round made that movie. Exactly. <laughs> and I think we've kind of talked about some of these worst parts already, but I, I wrote down, this is a slow burn. Like it's good, but it's, you know, there's so many action packed scenes. It feels like all the other scenes were just filler and much slower than I remember them being. But I also, you know, didn't have the movie theater and the popcorn to distract me. So um, that. With, with you saying that, I feel like this could have been a one series show. A one season show, yeah. like a seven or eight episode kind of show. Right. Correct. It definitely would have been more engaging in that format, I think. And, you know, when it first came out, I remember liking it and I don't 
remember having the opinion that it was slow. So I think it just, probably you know, because Mandalorian has since come out and we've seen that that kind of works, but we, right. you know, obviously we didn't have the benefit of hindsight. At exactly. The time. Exactly. And, and like watching it at home, you know, I don't have a home theater set up. I have just a, a TV and Disney plus on Apple TV, you know? So, um, it's just a little slower than I remember, but still a great movie. It's, it's definitely up there for me. It's one of my dad's favorites. So I'm a little biased for that, but I think the worst thing, and we kind of touched on this. I just wrote that Donald Glover was a better Lando than Alden Enreich's Han Solo. And I'm not sure sure who else I would have cast because obviously they spent six months trying to cast this character he and does kind of look like what a Han, young Han Solo would look like. But. Kind of. Like, he's got the hair, but his jaw is so much bigger. His face, you know, his facial features don't look like Han Solo to me. So that's always kind of tough. Also, Donald you know? Glover, I feel like, has a lot more acting experience than um, mm, Alden. Maybe. I, I know, the only thing I know about Alden was that he was in, like, the first, or I think it was actually the second episode of Supernatural um oh interesting i was i was like that i'm like i've I've seen this kid somewhere before right so but i was trying to think of like if we did recast this person who would we cast and i was like i literally don't know and then i, I know. and then i was like what about um harrison ford's sons he has four sons like why didn't we just get one of them to do it, it doesn't look like any of them are actors but one of them's a musician i'm like that's not that far off he could be coachable like he could probably impersonate his dad pretty well I impersonate my dad pretty well. What do you think? I, that's Wyatt? what I like to think, right? <laughs> yeah, um, spongers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's a good question. I don't know who I would cast personally. I and I've thought about it a lot, um, but I don't I don't have anybody so far. If I if I come across one, and we're doing a future pod, I will definitely drop it then yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So my personal favorites, they were more the the lines. Than the actual movie again, except for the uh, the the Kessel run. Yeah. I, I I liked when he was like, I really hurt my thumbs. <laughs> it was just, it was like it was just a high high pressure moment. I really hurt my thumbs. Yes, that was funny. And I possibly I I related a lot to Young Han because I feel like a lot of these things are something that I would say or possibly have said in the past when uh, when Lady Proxima was just like. You tell me, you expect me to, uh, you expect me to believe like you walked away with nothing. I mean, I, I walked away with my life. I'm, I feel like that's something. You've definitely said that before. I've definitely said something like that before, even yeah. before this movie came out. Completely um, true. Yes. Lando had some good lines like, I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but, but I accept it. it. And on the yes. third one, he's, it's a, it's a handshake. Um, again, I like that. You know, what should we drink to? And then. <laughs> Han's like, is that the maw? No, no, that I don't. That's not the maw. That's a living thing. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, you thought that was the maw. So, um, what yeah. about like the disses? I wrote those down. Yumanji, Kashifi, and Moof Milker. Oh gosh. And then somebody, I can't remember. It was probably Han who said, "Captain Wonderful, full of bantha crap." <laughs> Didn't he say that about Lando? I don't remember exactly who said that. Yeah, but. yeah, I think because he was jealous. Um, it was, I think, right after he lost because he, he had been cheated. Yeah. Like, there's no way that there was a fifth one because there's only four in a deck, you know, yada, yada. So funny. There, there was a lot that I liked about this movie, but again, it's, I don't think that there are scenes that I liked in this movie more than scenes from most other movies, but mm. uh, 
because it wasn't none of the scenes were super high up there i i can't say that i hated this movie so my least favorite part this was kind of hard um because i didn't really you know like i just explained didn't really have a least favorite part but i will say um and i really wanted to like her but l3 got a little bit annoying from time to time i mean what so, droid doesn't get annoying that's that's true and as as as, as cool <laughs> as i thought it was them. As cool as I thought it was that she like liberated the entire camp. I'm like, oh, awesome. I, you know, I might've done the same thing. Anybody else might've done it. We might've done it quieter and, you know, not less proclaiming obnoxious, everything you're doing. Yeah. not proclaiming well, it. It's kind of like, she doesn't exactly follow social norms. It's kind of like going on know. a missions trip. Just when you come back to brag that you went on a missions trip, it's mm. like, okay, go do your thing. Go do your good deed. Go do it. Like, I mean, because you're supposed to do it. Don't do it yeah. because you want like, you know, free ice the cream credit, somewhere right. or a free dinner. Well, like she kind of is like the Sheldon Cooper of the of the crew. Like she doesn't get like the social <laughs> context and like that I shouldn't be screaming or like whatever. Um, that's that's how I like to think of it. She doesn't oh. have like a that filter. Or, like she doesn't understand sarcasm. It, it also, reminds to, talking ahead. about filters. This the sexual innuendos that she burts out. Yes, oh my god, I'm here for it. I blushed <laughs> so, so hard. So, just to so hard. remind our listening audience, when we we were first introduced <laughs> to L three, and she's kind of fighting against the bots that are fighting in the cage. Yeah, the one guy turns to her and goes, "Don't make me flip your switch." And she goes, "If you can find Good it, luck finding it." Oh my yes. gosh, Laura yes, looked at me and was like, "What are you watching? What is this?" <laughs> And then when oh Kira's gosh. like, how does that work? Oh, it works. So I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, gross. Yeah. TMI. Yeah. Oh like as a, as a child, like less than 12 years old, you're not thinking about those things. No, those are the jokes for the parents. It's definitely like the Toy Story kind of like humor yes. that throws in. Yes. <laughs> hey, look, humor. I'm Picasso. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> the kids don't get it, but the adults do. Yes, literally. That's the perfect example. Well, I think we should transition into just some miscellaneous comments and questions for our resident expert here. I wrote down a few. The first one I had was, did we get an R5 cameo when we were in that busy transport station? There was a R unit that was red and I was like, is this R5? Like who's, who is that? That I don't know, but I mean, there's, there's only so many colors. So eventually you're yeah. going to see astromechs of the of the R5 series being red. So I, maybe, maybe not. That would be cool though. My question for the expert. Um, so, okay. End of episode three, we leave Yoda, leaves Kashyyyk, we, um, leaves Chewie and his, his buddy there. Tarful. Yeah. Tarful. And now they're enslaved by clones on this, mm -hmm. on this, on this planet. So did the clones just kind of enslave all the Wookiees after Order 66 and just kind of kept them in camps? Kind of. Um, they are used for labor because obviously they're redonkulously strong. Um, if you read the new Thrawn books, um, it is hinted, a little more than hinted, that they're being used to build the Death Star. Oh. Like Thrawn is following all these clues and you know, tracking these pirates. And it's like, you know, why would these pirates go to this space station? And, oh, we noticed these transports were going to this uh, space station. And what were these transports carrying? Why were they carrying Wookiee food? Uh, Wookiee food? Yeah, you mean to, people? To, 
no you like, mean porch? like no but like yeah it was it was whatever Wookie they said cookies. it was but it was like it was specifically wookie food and there, someone was like oh why would we need wookie food and he's like probably because there are wookies here against their will so is it's kind of sad and then the also wookie food chewy at all why why <laughs> Brian probably would have logged off at that point. Um, <laughs> so, and also, Trandoshans like to hunt Wookies a lot. Their system isn't that right. far from from Kashyyyk. I remember so, that episode in, in Clones. Yeah, so he was brought off world for whatever reason to be whoever's slave, and some somehow ends up on Mimban and is where they put traitors and deserters or prisoners or whatever for stormtroopers' fun. Which so we're. Were the Wookiees ever liberated, like fully, or were there yes. always kind of slave pods kind of around? Um, the they galaxy? they are liberated a few. I think it's a few days after the Battle of Endor. Han resigns his general commission. This is canon, not just in uh, legends. Mm. Um, he resigns his commission like the day after, and within a few days, they um, they go raise an army or whatever, or grab the rebels and liberate Kashyyyk. Oh, yay! So yeah, he made that very important. He's like, great, we blew up the Death Star, we killed the Emperor, you know, Vader, you know, is also dead, and we destroyed, you know, a third of this big fleet here. But we got, you know, it's it's time to do it's the, like the Wookiees. When right. the Munchkins came out when the witch died, it's like, yeah, so they Literally. had a party. Um, I didn't have any other questions per se, but I had a couple comments, um, just like little Easter eggs that I noticed, but um I think that the train scene for me rewatching this in 2021 after going to Galaxy's Edge and riding Smuggler's Run um, definitely was enhanced because it was like, this is just like the ride, but mm -hmm. it's in movie format because it's the exact same scenario where, you know, obviously different location. You're not on like the snowy planet or whatever, but you're chasing this train that's covered, that's um, full of coaxium and you have to get the cables on there and all of that. Um, so I thought that was just like a cool kind of shout out to Galaxy's Edge or the little connection there. And then the other thing I noticed was towards the end when we're back on Dryden's yacht um, and he's like, yeah, come in, you know, sit down, whatever. He's eating like that jello looking stuff in a little clear dish, which totally is the looks like the same stuff that they sell at Oga's Cantina like yeah alcohol yeah, 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 yeah. jelly with like the boba pearls and all the little like fruity things you can get in there I've never had it it looks good um since they don't serve food in the cantina just drink so they serve those like they're basically like glorified jello shots um <laughs> so I thought I was like oh my god that's from Galaxy's Edge again that's what what it made me think of did and you notice the, anything else in Dryden's yacht hmm I know, I know some or... of his artifacts. Like no. he had, um, okay. I know I'm, pro I'm probably wrong on this, but didn't he have the Mandalorian armor? Yeah, he had a red Mandalorian armor. What? Yeah, yeah. So specifically, one of Maul's followers. So that's really cool. And uh, did do you notice who he kills in his opening scene? By the way, it's not I necessarily keep, an important person, but I keep it, forgetting every time because it happens so quickly. He he's like someone's like he'll be right with you. He's finishing up with the local. Uh, oh yeah. The local, but not Moff, but um, regional governor or whatever. He so he literally kills the local regional governor. <laughs> so that's that just shows like how much the empire tolerates these major crime syndicates because it would be like they're too intricate in everything. It would be it would just make things worse to eradicate them because 
they have their hands like making things certain things stable so it's it's just very interesting to see yeah the one other thing i had down was we get to see a shower what oh yeah have we ever seen a bathroom in a star wars movie like obviously in in the mandalorian he's like oh i gotta use the vac tube and that whole thing is pretty funny but i can't remember if i just heard this on another podcast or if i was reading this online but somebody was like there's no bathrooms in star wars ever and then i was re-watching this and i was like there's a shower they're in the shower together <laughs> i love he's just like we couldn't bathroom. have done this like one at a time yeah one at a time <laughs> that was so funny they were just conserving water lol um, no, I just thought that was really funny because I don't remember where I heard it or who was just talking about it, but I read it somewhere, heard on another podcast that there's no bathrooms in Star Wars. Hmm. And here we here we have the communal shower. <laughs> <laughs> My final point, and then we can we can wrap up this podcast. So hearing Alyssa can't talk about Galaxy's Edge, like we always bring up in every podcast we can. Because <sighs> yeah. it is fantastic and Andrew needs to go. ASAP. Yeah, needs to go. He had a chance. Um, I was supposed to go, and then I proved unable, and I was kind of tired after work too. So, oh, kind of tired. Anyway, I, hush. <laughs> um, I wish. I feel like this movie would have been a great uh, Hondo entrance for sure. Ooh, that because, is such a good point because they bring up that that crime syndicate and all that, and the, he's kind of the Marauders are basically pirates. There. Yeah, that's what Hondo is. Right. So I feel like that would have been a great way to somehow get him in there and, you know, he's or like, even towards the end. I wouldn't yeah. want him to meet Han that early because I, I, I feel like their relationship develops sure. later in life. But he, I'm assuming he probably knew Lando because Lando knows everybody. Yeah. So right. he could have been like, you know, don't like they know each other in Rebels? I don't think they're in the same episode in Rebels. Mm, um, okay. So. It's as Morrigan, the giant red guy who oh. tried to buy Hera that, that knows him. But uh, so I think he knows both of them, actually. But sure. it would be cool if, like, as Han is walking into the second Sabacc game, um, he's just walking out, like, Yeah, oh, my lost. God, that would be the perfect place. He swindled me. I'm so proud. <laughs> that would have been good. Exactly. Right. So that's 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 kind of my my final, final thought. It would have been awesome if we got a quick little snippet of him like we did we got a snippet of um of Darth Maul at the end I love him he's one of my favorite characters both of them <laughs> aren't specifically but <laughs> well this has been really great I think this is one of our our favorites for sure and funny enough our next podcast we will be diving into our personal favorite we've been talking about this leading up to it we've been you know just hyping it up we're all excited it's our personal favorite our namesake Star Wars Rebels and if you don't understand why it's our namesake you need to go watch Rebels so you can listen to it with the spoilers in our next pods. It's only four it's only four seasons you can do it. You can do it in a week. No I'm just kidding. No it is very long. Don't don't overdo it. (laughs) I did have my cousin watch all of Friends which are the same time length episodes in a week so she watched nine God. seasons so you could do four i don't recommend it but you can do four yes have fun uh streaming all of that and uh we'll see you for rebels thanks for tuning in to this week's episode in the meantime check us out on instagram at specter underscore radio and on facebook as specter radio be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment consult the council this is specter radio Signing off.